We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Good morning. Welcome to the morning beat. Thank you so much for joining us. I think of the top five songs I don't want to hear as I'm coming into my Monday work week, my very first segment of the week, Set Me Free. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to set you free anytime soon. We have great programming coming up for you all week long. I've got a big guest on the show today, one of our dear, dear friends, Nina West, forever Miss Congeniality, uh, is joining us here in the morning beat a little bit later on to make a huge announcement. Uh, Super excited for her. I feel like she's always winning. She's also the most she's Googled. She's just always winning. Most Googled drag queen on the planet. Yes. Once again this weekend. Uh, store. Well, so I Heidi in closets. I think uh, we talked. Uh, I just I think like last week, uh, Jan and also Jackie Cox were also in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Nina still lives there and pulls in the biggest names. I low key just want to go home to Columbus for one weekend and see whatever queens are there. They're as big as they are out here in West Hollywood. It's true. Super, super exciting stuff. Also, we're going to start things off here uh, in about 13 minutes with all the stories you may have missed over the weekend. Uh, if you're paying attention to this this uh, wild animal loose in Houston, we've got updates for you. We're not gonna, we're not going to talk to Carol Baskins today though, because everybody else is apparently she's the one person people call now if there's a tiger or a lion loose. Somewhere. I mean that tracks. Well, Tiger King is in. You want jail. answers? You're gonna call Carol. Carol. Call Carol. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Care. How are you, Michaela? How was your weekend? Honey, I'm doing so great. I have to tell you something. The first, I know you're gonna share the sentiment too. I. Uh, did not anticipate on going out this weekend. However, I did. And then I saw some of my most favorite people that I've not seen in about a year and a half. It was so exciting to see like friends that I used to see all the time. We used to gig together. They're my artist friends. They're all like incredibly talented. And we just saw each other and it was so exciting. How much did you miss that creative energy? That's what it is. That's sort of support system from people who get it. They're so weird. They're so out there. And I just felt so happy to see them. And they were like, girl, what are you doing? We love Melania. Some guy, actually, uh, he was part of my group of friends, but I'd never met him before. And they said, meet Cody. And he goes, oh my God, Melania. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, can't be famous for myself, but famous is Melania. Okay, were you at the Abbey? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Which day? Sunday. Because I will tell you, I was there Saturday. We went Saturday morning to meet uh, my fiance's best friend, his first friend in Los Angeles. They worked in production years ago. They've stayed close ever since. We haven't seen him the entire pandemic. She got engaged a week or two ago. They have a puppy, 
or a dog. So we decided we'll go to the dog park like we did with you and Lisa last weekend. Yeah. Same routine. Go to the dog park, 11 a.m. Maybe we'll grab brunch at the Abbey afterwards. Quick little brunch. So we're mm-hmm. at the Abbey by noon. They left our apartment Saturday night at midnight. We okay. Spent 13 hours together because we hadn't seen them for the entire pandemic and also because of tequila. But <laughs> what a wonderful day. Yeah, it was so great. It's just nice to see the world opening up. Yeah. We're coming up on Pride Month and uh, with the Abbey just popping the way that it was, West Hollywood's back in action. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was just so happy to see that. I also t- started taking boxing classes so I can defend you if um, you ever need me to. From what? If anybody ever comes into your way and harms you or hurts your feelings, I have a one-two punch down so hard. So you are five foot two, hundred twenty pounds, soaking wet. Yes. Yeah, I'm six five and a half. I weigh two fifteen. Don't worry about it. I'm a lot of man. I will literally Michaela. protect you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you focus on doing some news on the beat now? You got it, babe. So uh, there is a lot going on, um, but a cycle of sirens, bombs, injuries, and deaths continued as yesterday marked the deadliest day in the week long conflict in Gaza. Now Israel bombed a house there where a family was celebrating the end of Ramadan, as well as a building housing international news media. Meanwhile, uh, missiles rained down on Tel Aviv. The escalation across Israel and the Palestinian territories is the worst violence since the 2014 Gaza war. The U.N. Secretary General said he's dismayed by the rising civilian casualties. President Biden spoke Saturday with Israel's prime minister and the Palestinian Authority president. Beyond the regional crisis, the conflict has created a rift among Democrats who do disagree over what the U.S. should do and what its response might say about Biden's commitment to human rights and social and racial justice. I'll tell you, I'm not completely educated on what is going on, but so many of my friends are posting. So many of my Israeli friends yes. are posting. Well, it's interesting because because you've got, uh, you're part Jewish in your family, in, yeah. your, in your lineage. And I generally, like for my entire adult life, like we've been pro-Israel always, like right? And that's just, the, that's it. We never really question why, but the stuff I'm reading about this conflict and, and and the Palestinian state and how they've just been stripped of so much land over the years, which I knew to some degree, um, and some of the acts of just violence and pure terrorism that are taking place, um, I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. You know, I want to support anybody, but like I hear stories of if kids just standing outside. This one little girl said, like, eight kids were just killed in the house next to me, and I'm crying on the street. My parents are dead. Like, what do I do? And that just breaks my heart. What I don't do care do? who you are. I don't care what faith you are, what you believe in, where you're from. It's awful. That's not okay. So there needs to be a resolution it's of awful. some sort. All right. Well, let's do a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 68 in LA today, 88 in Vegas, 91 in Palm Springs, a high of 82 in Miami, 81 in Atlanta, and a high of 64 in Chicago. Now give us a vibe of the day. A gentle word, a kind look, a good-natured smile can work wonders and accomplish miracles. I like that. I That's a good one. All right, well, coming up in What Did I Miss? A pickle-flavored hard seltzer is coming this summer. Does that sound tasty? I love a white claw and I love pickles, but I don't think I want to combine them. we we'll discuss coming up next. So what did I miss? What did I all right, so if you're busy uh, living your best life this weekend, not really paying attention to the news like Michaela and I, who were both at the Abbey most of the weekend, I feel like the entire weekend one of us was there, Michaela. The, uh, how we missed each other is I was problematic. There all day Saturday. And you I was there, there all day Sunday. All day Sunday. So if you didn't catch the news, don't you worry. 
the hunt for India, not the continent, not the nation, uh, but the tiger uh, has come to an end now. If you're following this, it was taking place outside of Houston. Um, and uh, and for almost an entire week, I believe it was, seven days, eight days, this tiger was just on the loose. Carol Baskin had a lot to say about it. But don't you worry. <laughs> Houston police have shared a photo of India wearing a turquoise sparkly collar while being fed a bottle of milk. India is alive and well. Uh, was f- filmed recently roaming West Houston as of last Sunday uh, and shortly before alleged murderer Victor Cuevas was seen bundling her into a white Jeep Cherokee. The story is just really weird. It's a whole lot. Yeah. He, later, uh, he was later pulled over by the cops, but at the time there's no sign of India. Uh, but this Bengal tiger has now been found. Um, can you imagine just walking down the street and there's a, there's a tiger? No. Like a full-grown tiger. I'd be terrified. Well, he's healthy. He's doing fine. So Good. don't you worry. That's one, so random, though. One bit. Thank God Carol Baskin was there to help. When I say full-grown. It's still kind of a... But, like, full-grown for... It's not full-grown, but for its size. Like, it's still massive. Right. Right. How much does this thing weigh? Do we know? Gosh. It's a big cat. How much? I don't, I don't know. A lot. Okay. Well, Justin, our producer, Googles that. Check this out. We love White Clasmino. <laughs> we were like White Claw girls all last year. So I always love, uh, what do we love? The black cherry is our favorite black flavor. Black cherry is so good. We will absolutely not drink mangoes. Mangoes trash. <laughs> you have one in the back of your fridge. I've had it there just for expiring a year. Because you refuse to drink it. But now this started as- I an, love that you know that. Oh yeah. But this started as an April Fool's joke, but it's becoming a reality that there is a company now making a hard seltzer called Afternoon Delight in which it will be a pickle flavor. No. Is that disgusting? There's nothing delightful about that. That's so gross. And people who love pickles, they'll like drink no, the juice. No, okay, here's, oh, I'll do that. I would drink the juice. I wouldn't want it as a seltzer. It doesn't sound refreshing to but me. But you were a bartender. What's the drink where you would take a shot with a pickleback? Oh, with the, you would take uh, it, tequila, I believe. You do shots of tequila with the pickleback. I thought back. it was Jameson. Or whiskey. Whiskey uh-huh. you can do. Tequila does. I think you can do tequila with the pickleback, too. But people oftentimes do shots of whiskey. So I guess it's not like the craziest thing I've ever heard, yeah, but, but also, also disgust. But it's not refreshing, though. Yeah. It's more of a savory, salty sort of thing. Yeah. I love pickle. Like, I'll put pickle juice in my, what is it called, Justin? It's a pickleback shot, yeah. Yeah, pickleback. With uh, traditionally Jameson. Jameson, yep, Jamo. So I love pickle juice in a Bloody Mary, which is how I started my day off at the Abbey the other day. Right. Turned into multiple shots of tequila, but that's neither here nor there. Nobody's business. But I don't want pickles in a seltzer. No. I want fruit flavors. Yes. Something light and refreshing. Normal. Yeah, this is Sounds weird. Sounds gross. Black cherry does slap, Black though. cherry slaps, honey. <laughs> Mango's out for life. How about this? A car burst into flames when the smoking driver, uh, he was actually smoking a cigarette. The car was actually smoking because it was on fire because he used hand sanitizer. So alcohol caused the car accident, but not the way you might think because there is alcohol in hand sanitizer, Michaela. So this happened Thursday after a Maryland motorist unwisely used hand sanitizer while smoking. Oh, God. How scary is that? Yeah. So video taken by uh, a news chopper shows the vehicle smoldering in a parking lot as firefighters rush to douse the blaze. According to the official reports, the unnamed driver smoking a cigarette and then started using the germ-killing elixir that we all use all day every day because of the pandemic. Okay. Which ignited and set the whole car aflame. That's terrifying. This thing looked like a Molotov cocktail. I didn't even think about went that. Went up so quick. I wouldn't even think about that. Well, that's scary because we all carry hand sanitizer. We use it all the time. He just happened to 
the two mixed at just the wrong moment, and wow. Terrifying. Not good. Well, there's about 60 to 70% alcohol in most hand sanitizers, so those things are like little bombs. Yeah. Yikes. Um, one time when I was like 10 years old, my mom had this Cadillac that she should not have bought, but she got it for very cheap and we needed a car. So we were all in the driveway, me my brother and my mom. And all of a sudden she was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, the car's on fire. The car caught on fire in my driveway. What? Everybody thought that it was going to set my house on fire did as well. Did you set it? I needed a little attention that day. So what I did, but no, of course not. But I was terrified. It's so scary when your car catches on fire. Yeah, well, this isn't the first time this has happened with hand sanitizer either. So be careful. This car is completely charred. Like the photos, the after photos. Oh, sure. Yeah. Duh. Disaster. All right. Well, we have more stories for you that are a disaster because things are getting more and more expensive. Let me tell you something. We've been looking for a new place to live. The rent is out of control, but we have some reasons as to why coming up next. Okay. So one of the things we talk about that we haven't maybe talked about as much as we should, uh, as a result of this pandemic, a lot has changed. And while it feels good to see the world sort of slowly opening that up, at least here in the United States, Southern California, we've handled it very well. We went through a really dark phase for a while. We're opening back up. We're getting back out there. We're going to restaurants. We're doing things. We're taking oh, yeah. our masks off in some situations. And that feels good, right? But as this happens, we're starting to see like the establishments that are not coming back, that didn't survive. Even beyond that, the things that you can't really tangibly like touch or feel or see necessarily uh, are starting to reveal themselves. And one of those things that's, that's sort of like the lasting repercussions of this pandemic that's going to hit the middle class and hit those trying to get to the middle class is the cost of everything has gone up. Everything. You know you've experienced this with your partner. You've been on the good end of this, though, selling a house. Yes. You can't there. You can't buy a house to save your life right now because all of all the houses are sold. Like people, people are snatching them up left and right, and they're getting them for thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars above asking. All cash offers. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? It's unbelievable. Gas prices. You Unbelievable. Put, you don't put gas in your car generally, but have yeah. you noticed an increase? It's $5 um, a gallon here. Crazy. It's crazy. I, I think, you know, it's tough because although, you know, we're trying to make up for what was lost, I mean, people don't have money like that. Even just... Well, so this is where the divide is coming. The people who do have the money have the money. And they're buying up real estate. They're buying up all these sorts of properties because they can. Yeah. But those in like lower or middle class who are trying to maybe get their first home or trying to get into another home... They're stuck right now because unless you can play ball and and go $50,000 over asking all cash offer on a house, you're not getting the house right now. Yeah. And that's wild. Uh, and even further, you go down the line, you can't get lumber to build a house. Even if you have a yes. property, if you have a land, you want to build yes. your own house, you can't get the lumber right now because the, uh, the supply chain. It's crazy. It is, it, there's been a wrench thrown in that. You know, the price of groceries has gone up 3.5% since last year. Yeah. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but you average the cost of groceries over the course of a year. 3.5% is a big deal, especially when wages have not gone up. Many people took pay cuts this last year. Yeah. To try to help their court. You know, we did for a period of time early on in the pandemic, as many people did. You said, listen, we're willing to take a pay cut so we can keep the company going. But yet, then where does that leave the little person at the end of the day? Yeah, it's so tough. It's really tough. Even Lisa and I are looking for a new place to live. Uh, we just want to move to a bigger place. And the prices that we're paying in rent, if we're not rent controlled, 
unbelievable. Mm. It's like double the mortgage right. of some people. Sure. And it's like, what do you do? Like, you know, obviously, if you're going to spend that much, you might as well just have a house, but it's not as easy to buy a house. Not here, it's not. No, it's not. Or anywhere right now, for that matter. Yeah. And I look, you know, I have friends who, it's so wild, I had to tell myself, I had to shift my mindset years ago and realize that as long as I live in Los Angeles, my reality is going to be different than my friend's reality. You know what I mean? I can make six figures a couple times over here in Southern California, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but I have friends back home who might make eighty or $90,000 a year who are living in homes that they built or bought, who have a, a $900 mortgage per month, and yet we're p- paying just under $3,000 a month in rent yeah. for 1,100 square feet. It's crazy. Luckily, we are uh, rent-controlled to a degree. Uh, we can only, I think our rent can go up 3% per year as what legally they're allowed. And they do every single year. Um, but it's just hitting people so hard. Uh, on a lighter note, you know, grocery grocery prices have gone up uh, and that is bad. But one particular area, uh, chicken, people have noticed the price of chicken's gone up. Well, one of the largest purveyors of chicken here in the United States, they're a bit problematic, but they are what they are. Tyson, right? Yeah. Tyson apparently... Part of the reason that they've had an issue keeping chicken on the shelves uh, was because they're changing out one of their male roosters. That's right. Who, quite frankly, uh, we made a bad decision on, they said. Apparently, uh, he's not breeding the way he was supposed to breed. This makes me wonder. This ch- Literally, one rooster is throwing a wrench in the whole system. One guy. So just takes one. They're going back to an older rooster that they used to use that they're going to bring back on. Like, imagine this. Your entire job is to, I guess, I don't know, have sex? What, what do they, That's you all ha- you got to do. Have sex to feed America. Congratulations. You're like the one chicken at Tyson who's it's impregnating. It's not like it's hard all, to do. Whatever, right? And your job is that for a lifetime. You finally get to retire and they bring in a new guy who just can't hack it. So then they got to bring you out of retirement to feed America once again? Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Sorry, mm. buddy. Sorry. You're a talent and we need you. <laughs> so get out here. They need his get talent. Get to work. Apparently. <laughs> Ew. It's so awful to think about. It's so gross. Yeah, good Let's morning. Let's go into what's popping. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite stars of Shaw's of Sunset is coming out about her sexuality uh, and we discuss coming up next. It's almost time for what's popping in a major reality star is coming out, sort of. Uh, Michaela has those details for you in just a moment. Real quick, though, I do want to remind you that your time is running out uh, for our giveaway here at Channel Q. We want to send you and a friend, uh, cover your round trip airfare and an epic two-night stay at the Resorts World Las Vegas. We want to send you to Vegas. And while you're there, we're also going to throw in two VIP passes to catch the DJ Tiesto, do a set at the IU Day Club. It's going to be the hot spot all summer long. Uh, once again, Resorts World Las Vegas. It's brand new. Go look it up. It's gorgeous. While you're online, head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win these tickets. You've got a few days left. Get in on it. Michaela um, Gordon, what's going on? Okay, so love this. You know I love Bravo. I love all the shows on Bravo, and I watch them all, including Shaws of Sunset. Now, Gigi, one of the cast members, has been problematic in the past and she sort of said a lot of things she now has a baby and uh, she seems to have mellowed out a little bit Uh, she's 39 years old but she's revealing now that she wants to explore polyamory she said 
I think I was still a little nervous about knowing what it was and saying it out loud without sounding like a whore, you know, because I think that that's what society has created, that if a woman doesn't just want to be with one man, she might be a little bit slutty. But honestly, I feel like I'm into this. And honestly, I get it. I like it. She said she really um, took note from Willow Smith when Willow Smith came out about wanting to explore polyamory. And she said that, like, I want to try that, too. And I I think we need to normalize that. I'm all for normalizing all sorts of relationship sort of dynamics and structures. I can't wrap my brain around polyamory. I don't know that I could do it. so, so So you and I are in a relationship. I can go have other relationships and you can have other relationships. And then those people can also have other relationships. Then you're just dating a lot of people. Yeah. So by that point, then I'm like, why aren't you just dating then? Why don't you just date people? You know, I I, I have a friend who they have an open relationship. And basically, how they explain it is they have the comfort of one another every single night. They are in love. They go to sleep together. They have that partnership, which is amazing. But they're able to explore outside of the relationship uh, to fulfill sometimes just sexual desires or... When you've been with each other for a long time, maybe you don't want to have sex as regularly, so they're able to, like, explore, but they always know they come back home, and, like, they're the team. So, I mean, it works for them. I could never. I'm too jealous. Yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to be open to all of these things because I'm a gay man, and I'm 40 years old, and I live in West Hollywood, and these are the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, no tea, no shade. I don't, I, don't, I don't judge it. I just don't understand it. And I also think there is something to be said about making a commitment to one person. And what happens after you like recommit and recommit and recommit over a series of time? There's a different there's a different level of connection. I don't know yeah. that it's better or worse than anything else. It's just different. Um, so for me, that's where we are. But kudos to you, Gigi. Go be polyamorous. Yeah, do your thing, Gigi. Got it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, coming up in our uh, second hour, a New York City Pride is banning police until 2025. But is this something that we should be doing? Do we need the police? We discuss coming up next. One major city just made a huge announcement on Pride this year uh, that's going to take effect this year and and last for many, many years to come. Could this have a ripple effect on Prides across the country? We're talking about that in 15 minutes from right now. Also in our next hour, don't forget, Nina West is joining us. She's the most Googled drag queen in the oh, world. God, How wild is that? And she's on the morning beat making a major announcement. So don't go anywhere. Stick around for that as well. Uh, right now it is time for news on the beat. Michaela Gordon, what's happening? So the top Democrat and the top Republican in a key House committee have struck a deal to create a bipartisan commission to investigate the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The agreement breaks a months-long logjam between House leaders about how to structure the independent panel, which would be modeled after the 9-11 commission. Now House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, who's been sparring with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi over the proposal is still reviewing it. GOP Representative Fred Upton yesterday called out an effort by some of his GOP colleagues to downplay the Capitol insurrection, saying their bogus claims about the deadly attack show the need for a commission. The Justice Department has charged more than 400 people in the riot so far. That's interesting. Trying to rewrite history so quickly after history took place is just wild to me. Yeah wild. Uh, All right. In other news, the Supreme Court agreed uh, today to consider a major rollback of abortion rights, saying it will take up Mississippi's bid to enforce a 15-week ban on abortion. The court's order sets up a showdown over abortion, probably in the fall with a more conservative court seemingly ready to dramatically alter nearly 50 years of rulings on abortion rights. The court first announced a woman's constitutional right to an abortion in the 1973 Roe 
versus Wade decision and reaffirmed it 19 years later. Now, the state's ban had been blocked by lower courts as inconsistent with Supreme Court precedent that protects a woman's right to obtain an abortion before the fetus can survive outside of her womb. I'll tell you, abortion is always going to just be so controversial because I've never understood more people uh, being concerned with what a woman does with her body Listen, more than men. That's even beyond that, because I know where I come from, everybody talks about abortion. It's their number one voting issue, right? And even that, even beyond that, my bigger problem is you're going to tell me that you're going to force a woman to have a child, but as soon as that child is born, you don't give an F about it. Yeah. You don't care about uh, the, the welfare system or, or you don't care about adoption rights for same-sex couples. You don't care about a foster care system. You don't care about what happens to that kid the moment it comes out of that woman yeah. who did not want that child. You just want to make sure you force her to have it. And then what? Yeah. That's problematic for me. It's crazy. It's a lot going on. All right, rounding out news this morning. Uh, a cycle of sirens, bombs, injuries, and deaths continued as yesterday marked the deadliest day in the week-long conflict in Gaza. Israel bombed a house where there uh, was a family celebrating the end of Ramadan as well as a building housing international news media. Meanwhile, missiles rained down on Tel Aviv. The escalation across Israel and Palestinian territories is the worst violence since the 2014 Gaza War. The U.N. Secretary General said he's dismayed by the rising civilian casualties. President Biden spoke Saturday with Israel's Prime Minister and the Palestinian Authority President. Beyond the regional crisis, the conflict has created a rift among Democrats who disagree over what the U.S. should do and what its response might say about Biden's commitment to human rights and social and racial justice. That story's been devastating watching that on social media. Well, it's tricky because if you're saying we stand with Israel always, and that's been the United States' position for decades, right? Uh, but you're Joe Biden and you believe in human rights. There's some atrocities being, you know, on both sides. On both but also sides. the Israelis, or, or the, their military is doing some pretty awful things right now, too. Are you going to condemn them as well? Is it going to be both? Are you going to say Palestine and Israel? You guys both need to get your act together? Yeah. Or are you just only going to stand with Israel because it gives us a foothold in that region? Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of layers to it. And if you are for human rights, you have to be for every human right. A thousand percent. Not just those you agree with necessarily. Yeah. All right. Let's do some weather. It's going to be a high of 63 in Chicago today. 72 in Cleveland. 93 in Indio. 91 in Cathedral City. A high of 81 in Atlanta and 63 in Seattle. That give us a vibe of the day. Well, first, I'm going to give you an opportunity of the day. How about that? Do it. Opportunity for you and a friend to head over to Las Vegas because it's open for business, baby. And we want to send you there. We're going to cover round trip airfare for two, an epic two night stay at the brand new Resorts World Las Vegas. And while you're there, we're going to throw in two VIP passes to catch DJ Tiesto, do a set poolside at the IU Day Club, all part of Resorts World's brand new. Uh, grand opening taking place all summer long. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. Here is your vibe of the day. A gentle word, a kind look, a good-natured smile can work wonders and accomplish miracles. I love that. Be nice to people. Just be nice to people. Everybody wants you to be nice to them. Now, coming up, New York City Pride just made a major announcement. They can have a ripple effect across the country, and we are going to discuss coming up next. Come on, I'm coming out. This song doesn't get you ready for Pride season. I don't know what will. Oh, yeah, baby. Well, you know who's not coming out, though? Who? The New York Police Department. 
Apparently, New York City Pride uh, has decided to exclude them from Pride for the next four years. Now, this is really interesting. Wow. Uh, New York Police Department has slammed the Pride organizers for their, quote, hurtful decision to ban groups of cops from marching or participating in the celebration, calling the move disappointing. I don't know how I feel about this one. I don't agree with it. <clears throat> so you don't agree with them banning them? No. I, I kind of don't either. Yeah, I don't at all. Listen, I will always say this. I come from a family of police officers, and um, I don't think all police are bad. And I think yep. that it's sending wrong messaging to ban anybody from Pride when Pride is a, supposed to be all about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. I think Pride is the one place where everybody gets to feel like they belong. And I think to bully the police and say they can't, I've been saved quite a few times from police officers over the years. Mm-hmm. I do feel safer when they are at Pride. They've always usually been very fun here in L.A. And because of a few bad apples, we're just going to write the entire New York City police patrol off. I think it's totally ignorant. Justin, will you look up how many people are in the New York City Police Department? Just just give me a rough number. Uh, I think it's I think it's interesting because this all happened Saturday. Uh, and they did this to create safer spaces for marginalized groups for the next five years. Uh, I'll say this. On one hand, I'm like, listen, if police officers really truly care about this, they can go out of uniform and they can still march. That is fine. Why would they want to? I, well, because now. Well, well, why would you want to? Because it's the right thing to do, and because you care about the cause. And I can understand. Then you would maybe understand that maybe some people don't feel safe with you there. I get that part, but I think it, it sends such a strong thirty-six thousand members of the, in the New York City Police Come Department. On. I mean, that's that's a lot of people to ban from a pride event that's supposed to be all inclusive. So I think that the symbolism, the messaging, the optics of having police officers there marching alongside yeah. uh, and members of our community and allies is so powerful. Listen, this Not is, just here in the United States, but around the world. But this is legit cancel culture. I mean, yeah. we're basically just canceling the police, leaving no room for people to do better. It's the one thing I don't like. And honestly, I, I feel like some of the most beautiful photography has been of police defending the LGBTQ community. And whether you like it or not, what if something happens? Who's going to defend well, you? Oh, yeah. Me? That part because I took one of... boxing class. Okay, there's not really much I can do there, uh, if you, something goes down. You've taken four, so Go you're stronger off, than you believe. Okay, thank uh, But you. the New York Police uh, Department's Gay Officers Action League has been marching in the Pride Parade for over four decades. So they've been allies for a long, long time, yeah. many of them members of our community. And you bring up a good point. What happens? Because they're always like the Westboro Baptist type you know, anti-counter-protesters or whatever there. Um, What happens if an altercation takes place? Just fend for yourselves? Honey, I'm not going to Pride to fight. I'm going there to have a good time and to laugh and kiki. And listen, I have found myself fighting with people on the other side of Pride who think that it's wrong, but who's always stood in between us are police officers. They have created a human gate, if you will. A barricade. So that those people cannot come and enter pride listen our policing in this country is problematic af i couldn't agree more defund the police redo it i get it all of it there are a lot of really 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 good police out there though and most people join the police force because they want to do good they want to protect and serve the system is messed up that doesn't mean the individuals are messed up and if we're going to start banning people uh for for from pride like if we're going to ban them uh, because somebody might feel triggered or fi- feel a little bit scared because a police officer's there. 
listen, I don't need a police officer to make me feel anything other than safe. Yeah. And if that's what they're doing, by and large, how are we going to ban them? Because here's what happened. You want to know how like radicalization happens? It's because one side takes a really like hard, hard stance on something and they kick people out. They, they diminish them. They point the finger at them and they're the problem, right? So what's going to happen to those police officers then? who maybe want to support, who maybe were on the fence, or maybe just allies. They were going to march for the first time this year. That could be hundreds or even thousands of people. What happens to them when their first experience with our community then is, we don't want you, you're not welcome because you're bad. Yeah. I mean, isolation It's just so extremism. ironic. Look, it's just ironic that pride, where everybody is accepted, yeah, I, don't, I don't like that. Doesn't get to come. And whether or not you like the police, I come from a family of police officers. I'm proud of my cousins. It's very difficult. It's very scary every time they leave the house. They leave behind their children. They leave behind their wives. Well, yeah, And, I, and yeah. they've been nothing but, at least in my experience with my cousins, look, I make them mad about a lot of things, but one of them is not being a lesbian with Lisa. And, and I would like, you know, it's also an opportunity if you don't agree to to see what we do do to yes. see what pride is about yes you're missing to see the importance that, of and it and that's the thing you're missing opportunities to show listen you've always got to lead with love it's the only way forward it's what our community has done time and time again as many times as we've been hurt and kicked and down we always come back and we lead with love that's well, why hashtag love wins hashtag love is love that's what that's about and, and so if those I have to say this if those police officers can march for decades right after the Stonewall riots that led to the very first pride if they could come together and figure it out after those some of those same police were in were taking out our trans brothers and sisters and our gay brothers and sisters and lesbian brothers and sisters and putting them in paddy wagons and taking them out of Stonewall if they could come together within years and march together we can figure this out. Well, and all you're doing, and we talk about this all the time, what are we on our 16th trans woman who's been murdered this year alone? Like, they're already not being protected like they kind of should be. And then to say, F the police, you can't come to Pride, you're not really giving them a lot of motivation to want to continue protecting a community that desperately needs to be protected. Mm. I mean, it's just sending out the wrong messaging to me, and I, I just do not agree with this at all. I low-key love seeing the police at, at, at on Santa Monica Boulevard. They keep us safe. Yeah, 23. I mean? 23 dead. I will 23 tell you, I will tell you that Pride took place here years ago after the Pulse shooting in Orlando. And that next morning was the That's parade. That's right. And there was a lot of and like, people were very we, scared we? to go. Yes. And the only reason I went there is because there was a police force and the sheriff's department was there protecting us. And they were dancing with us and they were hugging people. And like, it was a beautiful moment yeah. of healing. Bad you call. miss opportunities like that when you do something like this in New York. All right, well, coming up, <clears throat> uh, Ben Platt uh, is speaking out about what he thinks Hollywood should be doing when it comes to casting for television. Uh, and we discuss coming up next. So this is a conversation that keeps coming up uh, more and more. And I think it's a good thing that it's coming up. It's one we need to keep having. Uh, and Ben Platt has weighed in on this idea of whether or not uh, gay characters in film and television should be played by gay actors or trans characters, or lesbian, played by their counterparts that actually live that life in the real world. Um, so he was asked by um, uh, the writer of It's a Sin, we talked about that on the show, Russell T. Davies, uh, who who himself in a podcast, while asking this question, compared straight actors playing gay characters to blackface. Uh, this is all part of a, a conversation on Radio Times, uh, with Radio Times, and this one's tricky for me. I'm all for diversity and casting and representation. 
Um, and but I don't see it as the same. I don't see it quite the same as blackface. Yeah. Like blackface has a whole history of of really, really, really negative stuff attached to it. Not saying that our community has not been targeted. I'm not saying that at all. But blackface is a specific thing that is specific to racism in the United States. I think that both things can exist at the same time. I think that that could be problematic and this could also not be that. And, but I don't, I also, I'm not of the belief that I think that every single gay character needs to be played by a gay actor. Yeah. I don't think that. I think that they, there should be equity and there should be opportunities across the board, but acting is acting. You don't have to be a serial killer to play a serial killer, but there do need to be more consideration, considerations taken uh, when casting LGBTQ plus characters. That's just my thought. Yeah, I, listen, I think so too. I think that there always has to be visibility. I think that everybody should have the chance to be in the room to audition for the role. And then I do believe whoever's best for the role should have that, be it gay or straight. Yep. Um, it's acting. That's the point. Um, and I don't think that just because I'm gay, I should have the role if somebody outacts me. Because, yeah, you got to be real careful because because it could it could very easily go, okay, cool. For the next couple of years, we're going to start casting only LGBTQ actors in LGBTQ roles. But then five years down the road, it could very easily be, well, you're gay, so you could never play straight. Right. So so I don't want that to happen. The convert, like the flip side of this is, is a much worse scenario for LGBTQ plus actors. I want there to be equity. I want there to be opportunities, as there should be. But then I want the best actor to get the role. For sure. I mean, listen, you're creating a character. You're telling a story. It's not you. It's not who you are. And so I know that, you know, being a lesbian, maybe I can tell a lesbian story well because of my experience. Um, Mm. But people go to school to be an actor, to be able to take on a different role. And um, that shouldn't just have to be gay. Well, well, our entire industry has had a problem with this. The Oscars, over the course of its, its, you know, tenure, there have been over 60 straight people who've received Oscar nominations for playing LGBTQ plus roles. Um, I, I know we can look back in hindsight now and say that's very problematic, but I also, I'm of the mindset of, of thank you. Thank you to Heath Ledger and to Jake Gyllenhaal and to so many others who have Charlize who, Theron. Absolutely, who have played characters and given depth. Hillary Swank. Bre- absolutely. Hillary Swank actually is the reason I <clears throat> Jared really Leto absolutely. remembered that I er- Dallas Buyers Club. I mean, it, 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 gorgeous, gorgeous representation. Um, but yeah, Charlize, or you said you were Hillary saying Hillary Swank. Yeah. Yeah, Boys Don't Cry. That was I one of the first movies I ever saw, right? had feelings for women and I was devastated and she told that story incredibly and it was so sad. Yeah, and it's it's easy now to um, look backwards and drag the industry or drag these actors for playing these roles and I think it's very, very different. I think Emma Stone uh, playing a Hawaiian character is problematic and that did happen not that long ago. I think Eddie Redmayne uh, playing a trans woman was actually very powerful at the time. Now, moving forward, do I hope that is a different scenario? Do I hope there are more opportunities? Yes, but would I have known that story without Eddie Redmayne attached to that film? Would it have gotten made in that time? Probably not. The Danish Was it The Danish Woman? Is that the name of the film? Uh-huh. I believe it was. Or Danish Girl. Um, but we're coming to a point now where we're like, okay, cool, now we see that we have other options. Yeah. So those other options should, should be woven into the process. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I think every single LGBTQ plus character needs to be played by 
a, a, a counterpart from our community. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Listen, I'm a gay guy. I'm not a great actor. You know, um, Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking. Okay, that's another one. So, okay, so let's talk about that one for a moment. He played Stephen Hawking, who was this brilliant scientist who was in a wheelchair and couldn't talk. Yeah. You, you're not going to, you can't cast, you know, somebody in that position. Somebody who can't speak or, or move or is in a wheelchair is most likely not going to play that role in a film. That is a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, but to get an able-bodied actor, is that different than Eddie Redmayne also playing a trans woman? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel like the biggest takeaway here is that you have to have the room open for everybody. Yes. Everybody should be able to yes. be seen and the best gets the role. Of course. Period. And, and that's the thing. That's the thing about our community. We've we, Many times people think that like marriage equality, for instance, is taking away something from Yeah, we're literally marriage. asking for just equality. We're not asking for more. We're not asking to take things away from anybody. So I think that goes in this instance, too. Like, we just want an opportunity. We want a seat at the table. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, well, coming up, a friend of the show, we've had her on, Allie Brooke, is talking about her time in Fifth Harmony. And it's quite shocking what she opens up with. And uh, we have it in What's Poppin'. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. This one hits a little bit close to home, Michaela, for a few different reasons. Uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so, you know, we've had Allie Brooke on the show before, and we adore her. Um, and she's just a really incredible human being. Uh, but she's really opening up about her experience uh, while in the group Fifth Harmony. Uh, take a listen to what she had to say uh, in an episode of her podcast, The Allie Brooke Show. I hate saying this. You know... My time in Fifth Harmony, I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I didn't love it. It was hard because there was so much going on, so much um, behind the scenes, so much toxicity, so much abuse, so much abuse of power, um, so much mental abuse, verbal abuse. And it's it's just horrible. And to me, it's a shame because we were so big. You know, I should have enjoyed myself more. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard being in a girl group, period, and the way that they will pit the girls against each other. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard for women in the industry, and I'm very happy that she's talking about this. Uh, she continues to go into detail. Well, she was on our show, and she kind of touched on some of this, right? Yeah, yeah. We have some audio of that. Take a listen. Where I had to stand up one time, you know, with when the label wanted us to have a song come out in our early days that we weren't comfortable with and I stuck my ground and, and you know, people started making other, changing their minds and I was just like, oh, I think I'm going to be alone in this. I don't know what this is going to look like. You know, I was praying, please God, don't let this song come out because, I mean, these girls are like 15, you know, and I knew they were uncomfortable and, and I just didn't feel right at the time. And so God answered that prayer in last minute. Um, oh and to us and said, yeah, and said, hey, the song is done. Like, huh. it's, it's done. It's over. And that was an amazing moment. You yeah, never, you know. Yeah, you never know. 15 years old and you got to, like, stand your ground to make sure a song doesn't sexy come out. And self sex appeal. And- yeah, but that is problematic. <laughs> Why are we trying to make 15-year-olds sexy? 16-year-olds yeah. sexy? I mean, it's even Britney Spears. Britney was 16. Same thing. And we, like, sexualized her in her own school, like, as a high school student. You know, Allie's like- such a good girl, too. She was on our show promoting her book at the time, and she talked about a little bit of this, but then the podcast, she goes in depth. Um, but I've known Allie for years. We used to go to the same church. That's how we met. And Got it. her team is fantastic. And, and she's not really dragging the girls. No. She's dragging the people in charge, the men in charge, and, and That's women. That's often how it goes. Who are in the industry who just, just get 
everything they can out of these young people. This industry is tough. Yeah, it is. And you, be careful what you wish, wish for because time and time again, we've seen those That's who so are the true. most famous in the world just the mental health of it all just, just fall apart. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, well, coming up, I'm so excited. Another dear friend of the show, Nina West, has a huge announcement. And so, of course, she's coming on our show to discuss. Coming up the next hour. Listen, I know one thing. If the world were ending, you would come over. I would. You would come over to my place and you would never leave. No, I want to come over even when the world isn't ending. You'd bring Lisa. You'd bring your dogs. My blanket. Definitely your blanket. (laughs) Just all of it. (laughs) Hot sauce for the popcorn. Yes. Like the basics. The basics. Black cherry white claws. Obviously. That's all you would show up with. A thousand. Basically how you prepared for the pandemic a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Think about that. That's the okay. Before we get into news on the beat, just think about early pandemic, right? The first things you did when you found out that we were going into this lockdown. I bought a bunch of frozen pizzas, a bag of frozen broccoli, a big bag of rice, and eighteen bottles of wine. That was my (laughs) pandemic plan. Eighteen bottles of wine. And then remember, I would leave work every day because we were still in work for a bit until it actually happened. Happened, Mm -hmm. and we live we're right across the street from a Ralph's grocery store. Grocery store every day. I went there every day. I panic bought things like crazy. Not toilet paper, oddly enough, just everything else. We bought like pasta and stuff. A lot of pasta. I still have. I still have pasta in my cupboards. So many things. I'm not kidding you. I'm probably nine months into this thing. My fiance looks up in the cupboard above our fridge. He goes, oh my God, what is all this stuff? Where'd this come from? Nine months in, I'm Emil? Like, I, yes, I prepared for the pandemic, Emil, just in case. He's like, I had no idea this cupboard even Listen, existed. I said to Lisa, <laughs> it was like the most responsible thing I've ever done. You could not get uh, anything at the grocery stores around where we lived. Remember, it was getting pretty crazy. I got you a pack of six, a six pack of toilet paper once. Yeah, you did, you did. <laughs> so I said to Lisa, Lisa, I'm going to fill the cars up with gas. And I'm going to go downtown to the grocery stores. I'll get the things we need. Don't worry about it. I will never forget Lisa on the other side of the phone. It's as if I literally asked her to marry me. Like, she was so impressed (laughs) that I was like, I'll put the gas in the cars. I will be driving downtown in the rain. I will get the groceries and I will be back home. Sit here and wait for me. (laughs) I just find it hilarious that Michaela actually put gas in a car. I know. I know. You chose a pandemic to start that. What do you mean? That's why she was so impressed. She was like, who am I talking to? Right? Like, who is this? And I was like, stay home with the guns. Michaela. Stay home (laughs) with the dogs. Stay home with the guns and the dogs. (laughs) You need to live every day like it's the beginning of the pandemic. Yes, that is good I advice. Can't. That was too stressful. Michaela. I can't. I it can't. Wore you I out. Can't. It wore me out, you guys. <laughs> then I have to tell you, I got to the a grocery store downtown, and the way that it was, the way you had to park was like underneath this thing. I remember I had seven thousand bags that, and I had to walk like a block to my car. I was. And you were probably you know, mad you spent living. that much money on groceries. Oh, yeah, and I was carrying all of the bags <laughs> to my car. It was raining. Well, listen, a little trip down memory lane. Somebody who has thrived through this pandemic. I'll tell you what, Nina West. Oh, yes. The most Googled drag queen on the planet. She has another, somehow, another major announcement she's going to be making on our show in about 10 or 12 minutes from right now. So make sure you stick around for her. She is always a delight uh, from my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. I adore her. She's forever our Miss Congeniality. Adore. Uh, right now, though, it is time for some news on the beat. Uh, Michaela Gordon, take it away. Okay, well, city council members in the Minneapolis suburb where Dante Wright was killed have voted to drastically reduce the power of their police force. Wright, 20, died after he was shot by an officer who said she thought he was holding her taser. The 
The case prompted a fresh round of protests over police use of force against people of color. Under the new measure, all emergency calls related to physical or mental health or social need will go to a new community response unit instead of the police. Traffic enforcement also will be handled by a separate unarmed force, and police will only be allowed to issue citations, not conduct not conduct arrests or searches for non-moving traffic infractions and other non-felony offenses. Meanwhile, organizers of New York City Pride have banned the NYPD from participating uh, in the annual June parade, saying their appearance threatened members of the community who are most often targeted with excessive force. Uh, we actually are going in depth having that conversation uh, coming up in the next hour. Did you just randomly put your mask on? I'll, I'll explain why in a, in a second. Oh, is our food our here? Yeah. We ordered Postmates. <laughs> Sometimes he our, just puts his mask on. I'm like, does. okay, but, but this, that fair, tracks. That tracks. Our producer's so sweet. He, he's like, oh, it's a Monday. We're all struggling. He I ordered know. us uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So sweet. Or should I just say Dunkin'? Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> and let's get a little weather. It's a high of 63 in Seattle, 81 in Atlanta, 70 in Buffalo, a high of 64 in Chicago, and a high of 93 in Indio. Now give us a vibe of the day. Well, first I'm going to give you an opportunity of a lifetime, not just a vibe of the day. Go off. You and a, cha- you and a friend who have a chance to uh, head over to Las Vegas because it's open for business, and we want to send you there. So we're going to give you two round-trip airfare tickets, also an epic two-night stay at the brand-new Resorts World Las Vegas. We're going to throw in two VIP passes get to the DJ TS to do a set at the all-new IU Day Club, all part of the grand opening of Resorts World Las Vegas, Michaela's hometown. All you have to do is head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. You're running out of time, so do it quickly. Here's your vibe of the day. A gentle word, a kind look, a good-natured smile. Smile can work wonders and accomplish miracles. So can Duncan early in the morning. Absolutely, it can. All right, well, coming up, uh, we love her friend of the show. Nina West joins us to talk about her new venture coming up. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, anytime we have the opportunity to speak to this next guest uh, is a good day in our book. We absolutely adore and love her for many, many reasons. Uh, And she's got a major announcement that just broke this morning. She's here to share it with our listeners. Please welcome to the program, Miss Congeniality Forever in my mind, Nina West. How are you? (laughs) Nina! Good morning. How are you both? Nina, you might be the most famous friend I've ever had. I don't think that's true. I, I'm, well, well, I'm making it true. You are the most. We did the story a couple of weeks ago, Nina. You are the most Googled drag queen in the entire world. Yeah. First and foremost, before we get to Lord. your news, how does that feel? I don't. It's weird, man. Because listen, I, I, I like, like we said, I'm like maybe they're googling me because they have no idea who the hell I am. <laughs> like, Not true. So it's, like, it's weird because you know it's not something you think about. It's not something you. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Get it's used to it, thing. honey. You're a star. A star. Um, but you have major, major news uh, just announced this morning. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, I'm excited to be sharing with you that I'm partnering with my friends at Lane Bryant for their Pride campaign to really, really show the world that love looks like many different things. And love is so important, especially this Pride season. As his visibility. I so, love that um, Lane Brand. Okay, Columbus Brand. I, I see you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a really wonderful, wonderful partnership. I partnered with them last year and yeah. I'm excited to continue to, to tell the story that 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 we all matter, all shapes, all sizes, all genders, all colors. We matter. Mm. And um I think Lane Bryant is a really powerful brand to help continue to tell this story that is part of my story. 
the last 20 years in drag and out of drag. Oh, we hear that the, That's the, so the, amazing. the theme this year for this uh, collaboration with Lane Bryant is Say It With Pride. What does that mean to you? You know, I think it means existing in a world that does, uh, where you kind of exude who you are uh, every day and, and, you're, and you're proud of yourself and you walk with confidence and and what, what that means to me personally is that when I can do that, when I can walk into a space with my head held high, I'm giving someone else hopefully the encouragement and um, the ability to see themselves in me to be able to do the same thing. You know, oh. I, you want to you want to lead for other people who don't necessarily either have the strength or the ability or aren't in the position to do so at that point in time in their life. I mean, you both do that every single morning. And when you, you know, you talk to people and you you have these conversations that are sometimes tough, but someone listening somewhere is being impacted very powerfully by what you're sharing every single day on the show. And so that, you know, you, when you say it with pride, you're really allowing someone else to find themselves in your foot. Excuse me while I, while I grab yeah, a tissue. I know. You know, listen, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of the queens from Drag Race, the judges, some of the, the guest hosts that have been on, and none of them truly have had the career that you've had from working with Dolly Parton, which Dolly Parton won't even go on Drag Race. She very rarely <laughs> makes uh, an appearance anywhere, and now to move yeah. into the Lane Bryant world, and, and now you're making children's books, and you are creating your own show. I mean, I think yeah. that it just really really explains the kind of human being that you are. You know, this industry is so full of ego, but I feel like you have always made priority being kind and being authentic. And I think it shows. And now moving into Lane Bryant, you know, body image, I love drag queens, uh, but I always feel mm -hmm. like sometimes there is a disconnect with being, you know, in drag and understanding also like being a woman and and, and being mm -hmm. a woman. You have a lot of body image issues. We all do. But being a woman is embarrassing sometimes if you're a little bit heavier, if you're not the, the right mold to what society wants. And so we've always been very thankful for uh clothing stores like Lane Bryant who give style mm -hmm. to maybe not like the average uh, to like maybe so-called the average woman. And now you're jumping into that lane. Why did you choose to do Lane Bryant? And why do you think that you understand it so well? Well, you know, I think it's a really great question because, you know, I myself am not a woman. I'm a, I am just a, a, a regular old guy, a big dude who happens to get in drag. But what I know about the process of transformation and drag is that it does empower me. And I think every time a woman puts on clothing uh, that she wants to express herself, she should feel empowered. They should feel empowered. And I, I think it's my job, not knowing a woman's experience. I'm not here to come in and, and like presuppose like what any woman is going through. My job is to elevate and to lift up. And I think drag queens are great symbols of extreme confidence. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> so, of course. You know, and so here I am having this wonderful ability to be like, hey, you know what? I get to transform for my job. You can transform for your life and every single day have power in what you wear. And don't be ashamed of who you are, what you are, what your body looks like. And that's a hard thing to say. I'm not, I'm, I don't always love myself. You know, I'm not always happy in my own skin. And that's a real journey for me. And so I also can relate to this story and I can also find the commonality of saying, you know, sometimes doesn't this suck? But also sometimes, isn't it great that I, that I can wear this awesome shirt and I feel so sexy and so comfortable and so confident in it? And it's not, it's not about the brand. It is about the, the power that we have to make choices to 
feel uh, like our authentic selves in our own skin. Listen That's to you. Point. Listen to you saying That's it with pride. Uh, we're joined again uh, by one of our dear friends, <laughs> Nina West, the most Google drag queen in the world. Also, I don't our, know why. our forever Miss Congeniality <laughs> just made a major announcement this morning that she's partnering with Lane Bryant once again as part of their 2021 Pride campaign. Uh, stick around, though, because we have some other projects that you're, that you're working on right now that are in the works, that are yeah. being released, and we want to talk about them. I also want to know uh, about uh, a moment at Axis Nightclub just recently in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, our hometown. Uh, I want to get the tea on it. Stick around. More of oh Nina gosh, West okay. in just a moment. <laughs> Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're joined again by our dear, dear friend, Nina West, the most Google drag queen in the world. Ah! Iconic. <laughs> what is that? What I is know, that? right? Uh, I know Michaela <laughs> really... Michaela really wants to know about your partnership with um, Bobby Burke in just mm-hmm. a moment. We're going to get there. But yeah. as yeah. a Columbus, Ohio native myself, you know, I've said this on the okay. show before. AJ, what are you going to ask? I know. God? Listen, <laughs> I'm going to get you into some trouble. Just kidding. Um, as, as our listeners know, you're the first drag queen I ever saw perform years and years and years ago. Yeah. And you were sort yeah. of my introduction into the drag world, which is why I, I'm so proud of you for so many reasons. Um, Thanks. But. I was watching on Insta I'm Stories. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're doing it, sister. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I was on my Instagram recently, and I follow okay. I follow Jackie Cox, um, uh-huh. and I follow a lot of the other queens from the re- recent seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag Race. Yeah. And they were yeah. at Axis Nightclub, uh, my yeah. very first nightclub I ever went to in my entire life. I was in the closet. I remember going there with my girlfriends. It was a moment. Uh, what went down that weekend? I want to know because I followed their entire journey. How how are their performances? How did they stack up? I mean, of course. Listen, it was. I think it was a breath of fresh air to see shows happening again, to see mm-hmm. queens traveling, to see um, you know people <laughs> like that we love from Drag Race back on the road. And Access has always been a club that has always brought the girls to uh, to town. And I mean, first and foremost, Jackie and Jan were <laughs> they were there together. They were um, they were here for two nights. They made quite an impression upon Columbus and the locals. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, you know, look, it was. I think it was really a sign. I mean, I don't know how it's been for you guys, but these. It's like almost within the last week or two. It's like there was a, a switch was flipped, and it's like, oh, hey, guess what? Life is back to normal. It's like moving at such a fast pace. Yeah. And, I think that was kind of like the start of it. It was like, wow, things are really getting back to normal and, mm. or at least a pre some sense of normalcy. Yeah. And it, at least it felt like that and it feels like that. So it's really hopeful. You Listen, know? And if there are Queens, if there, I will say this. If there are Queens on stage at access nightclub in Columbus, Ohio, things are getting back to normal. That's yes. all I got to say. That's how the world should be. <laughs> we love that. Well, Nina, I want to talk to you. If you're, just, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Nina West. Now, you've made a huge announcement this morning that you're partnering with Lane Bryant. But you have a lot of different projects. One that's very personal for me is um, story time with Nina. Because I'm yeah. on my own fertility journey with Lisa. And I want my future children to be educated by some of my best friends and people who I've always felt that I related to. And that's very particularly mm-hmm. drag queens. And I think a lot of people feel mm-hmm. that way because you've just done a huge partnership with Bobby Burke. Talk to us mm-hmm. about that and story time with Nina. Yeah. So we just announced a couple of weeks ago that um, Bobby Burke, Stupid Buddy Studios and myself are in development on a new uh, kids show that will hopefully 
um, make its way to a network sometime uh, within the next year. That's our hope. It will. And, um, it is, you know, it's a show that is, uh, it's described in the press release as a children's variety show, <laughs> but there's so much more to it. Um, it's a show that is rooted in, I think, the things that have really defined me throughout my drag career, kindness, grace, generosity, and of course, like a lot of camp and a lot of laughs. And it's, I really appreciate you saying that, Michaela, because I think, dra- I think drag, like I said about Lane Bryan, I think drag does offer... Uh, imparting the wisdom of confidence in ourselves and trying to like be in our own skin. And who doesn't need that message more than kids? Kids need to really, especially in this world, need to feel empowered and feel loved and feel that they're worthy. And that's the goal of this show. So, um, and Storytime with Nina was kind of the predecessor to this. I started doing Storytime with Nina on my YouTube channel at the beginning of COVID. We've now done over 200 episodes. Wow. And Wild. It's like... Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I've read all these books and I've done all these <laughs> short little YouTube uh, shows just for families, specifically queer families and their kids, so that they know that there are other options. And like queens all over the country have been doing this. I'm not, I'm not like by at any stretch of the imagination at the forefront of this. I'm lucky enough to like pick up the torch and continue to move forward. But like, you know, this has been going on for years, drag queens reading to kids and I do think there is some, again, value in lessons in learning from someone who is so colorful, so bright, and I think really just fun. I love that. And this is what we love about you. Before we let you go, Nina West, one last question. Uh, many, yes, many, many, <laughs> <laughs> many queens, um, after they leave RuPaul's Drag Race, if they, especially if they've won you know, Miss Congeniality, if they've made top three or top mm-hmm. four, uh, they make the move to Los Angeles or New York and they kind of go that route. Uh, you've yeah. shown that you can stay uh, in the Midwest, in Columbus, Ohio, and be more successful than almost any queen in the history of the world. Uh, why? Why? Hello. But I'm very, pr- I'm very proud of that. I want you to know, these superlatives are making me anxious. No, like, listen, it's the Midwestern mentality, but you, you've earned every single one of them, I promise you. And, but, but, but what sort of impact do you think uh, you can have in a place like Columbus uh, that maybe you couldn't have in a, in a Los Angeles or, or New York? And why have you stayed there? Well, you know, I think it's really important, first and foremost, like, I mean, I have a relationship with this community that far extends beyond... Um, I mean, it's a 20-year relationship. You know, this is a community that's nurtured me. This is a community that's held my hand. This is a community that, when I've made mistakes, has allowed me to grow from those mistakes and educated me. Yeah. And so I feel like a very, I feel like a very um, active participant in the growth of myself in this community. And I don't want to necessarily turn my back on it. I still have a lot of unfinished work here to do. I have a charitable foundation that's based here. Um, and I have a lot of care for what happens to specifically the LGBTQIA plus community here in Columbus. Um, with that said, right, you know, Drag Race has opened up a lot of doors. And um, the last year, because of COVID, I've been based here in Columbus, so it hasn't really been much of a challenge. You know, now, you know, there's a lot of these opportunities that are requiring my attention and um, requiring me to think how I can be diversified in my approach and which is really I mean I'm not gonna lie to you it's super difficult Mm. because my love for this community and my desire to want to continue to grow are you know almost almost conflicting so it's it's a it's a a balancing game and I'm just really trying to nurture both and as we come out of COVID I'm finding it to be exciting 
and challenging. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's like, it's like, uh, you know, just trying to make it all work. It's a really, and, really good problem to have. Yeah, and let's just yeah. say that you balance it really well, Nina. Honestly, I think oh, that you're you. one of the only people that I really know that comes straight from the, well, not straight, but you come from the heart <laughs> on all matters. And it's so nice to see. You have so much work to do. You're doing all of the work now from children to our community to now women and making women feel positive about their bodies and feeling accepted. And it's just so great to see. Thank you for using your platform in such a positive way. Oh, my way. gosh. Thanks for, thanks for continuing to have me on and allowing me to just share some of my story, you know, because... I mean, I, I'm impacted by people telling their truth, and I, I'm really grateful that I have a platform to share mine. So well, thank we you. Love All you. day, every day. We're always here for you. I love you guys. Thank you. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Call if you, I'm sure you're going to have another humongous deal next month. <laughs> so talk to you then. <laughs> I mean, hold, hold on to your hair, girls. We're not done yet. <laughs> Listen, it's a weave. I'm ripping it out. In breaking news, Don Lemon is a drama queen. <laughs> and we're going to tell you why and what's popping right now. Michaela, take it away. Okay, so Don Lemon made a big announcement last night that left his viewers shaking in the boots. The other night, Friday night. A Friday night, yes. I'm sorry. Take a listen to Donnie. Do you have the audio? It's been really, really great. This is the last night that we'll be seeing it tonight with Don Lemon. So I appreciate all the years of seeing it tonight with Don Lemon. Um, but changes are coming, and okay. I will fill you in. Oh, okay, wow. so you're Aww. thinking, when you hear that, you're like, it's over. So heartbreaking. It's sad. Poor Don Lemon. Some people were upset. So then he took, got back on social media, and then he said this. So I got back down to my office after the show. Everybody calmed down. I didn't say I was leaving CNN. I just said it was the end of an era for CNN Tonight with Don Lemon. I'm not leaving CNN. So you will have to tune in Monday at 10 o'clock to see. That's it. So relax. I'm not leaving. <laughs> okay, I'm not leaving. Don't tell the audience to relax when you literally delivered it like you were never going to be on television what again. What a drama queen. Don't Come on, Don. Don, shut up. Representation matters, and you're, you're, you're representing all of us right yeah, now. Yeah, Don. It's not like I'm going to go on here and I'm going to say, you guys, it's the end of an era of the morning bee with AJ and Michaela. Bye. You'd think it was over. You'd think it was done. And then we renamed the show Beat the Morning. Yeah, and I'm with like, AJ and Michaela. Still ha, same ha. show. Listen, nothing changed, Don. Yeah, Don. Keep don't in be... mind, I love me some Don Lemon. I do too. But also, like, he's wild. But V dramatic. Very, okay. This is a guy who gives the news, right? So, but he's not quite a Walter Cronkite type. Let's be real. He gives news and opinion, and then from time to time, he pops into the Wendy Williams show to do hot topics with her and talk gossip. So this is the kind of guy we're talking about. He is a drama queen. Yeah. I love him to death. Yeah. That's dramatic. Yeah. He, you know what it is? Here's the thing about fame and about social media and social media fame. People are just desperate for attention. Every now and then, our egos just want to hear, oh, you love me. You, you are going to miss me. It's kind of like, and I'm sure you've thought about this before, Michaela, because I know you. Like, if you were to die or fake your death, mm-hmm. you would Who'd go to there? the funeral. Joy. You would go there and I see who showed up. I wrote an entire episode for this show that I wrote years ago that was going to be the dress rehearsal for my funeral. And I needed to make sure that everything was perfect. <laughs> okay, so this this is basically what Don Lemon's doing. Yeah, it tracks. He's having a, a funeral for one show. The exact same show is coming back today. 
with a different name. Honestly, He's wanted to see if people loved him. It is kind of iconic, actually. I'm going to rethink this now. He's like, it's over. I bet Anderson Cooper's over there giggling. Yeah. he does sometimes. Yeah, he's definitely giggling. (laughs) All right, coming up in our final hour, is it unemployment benefits that are causing a shortage of restaurant and retail workers, or are people just fed up? We discuss coming up. Today's the day, ladies and gentlemen. Uncle Sam is coming for you if you have not filed your taxes yet. Uh, Michaela Gordon. I already did. You love tax day? I don't care. All right. Well, just <laughs> give our listeners a reminder. We if gotta... you get money back, it's exciting. Yeah, but I... people like us never get money back. I paid mine last week. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. But you know what? I could pay it, so I'm grateful for that. I mean, the thing that is also interesting about my taxes is that my mom's dating my tax guy currently. Mm. So I don't have a relationship with my mom, but I do have a relationship with my tax guy because he's been doing it since I was 16. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of awkward when I go get my taxes done because I'm like, hey, how are things? things. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, I uh, I brought your old cheer jacket. I thought you might want it. And I was like, what? Yeah, he brought my cheerleading jacket from my mom's house. Is it Possibly time to consider a new tax person. I think we're crossing maybe boundaries next year. Here. Yeah, yeah maybe. but the thing is, he doesn't charge me, and you know I love a deal. So wait, he doesn't charge you? No, he's dating my mom. I pay my tax. I pay my tax person like five hundred bucks to do That's my taxes. That's what I'm saying. I don't have to pay. It's like he feels sorry for me, so he just lets just does my taxes for free. But Loki, if I did them on my own, I would have had to pay probably thousands more. But so that's what I'm saying. Deal. It's a good deal. Okay. He well. brings my St. Francis de Sales eighth grade cheer jacket. We. Avoid my mom at all costs. I get my taxes and we go. Well, for the sake of information for our listeners, what do they need to know on this tax day? How about some news on the beat? Well, I, I mean, if you guys don't know about taxes on tax day, a little late. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if my I don't know if my brilliant mind is going to help you, but it is the deadline for filing federal taxes without incurring a penalty unless you seek an extension. This past spring, the IRS pushed back its usual April fifteenth deadline by more than a month, saying it wanted to be understanding given the coronavirus pandemic. Now, if people who owe federal taxes don't pay on time, they could be hit with penalties and accrue interest. The IRS can charge you five percent of your unpaid taxes every month for late filing, maxing out at 25%. If you file your taxes on time but fail to pay, the IRS will charge you 0.5% per month. That's on top of interest that builds daily, equal to the federal short-term rate plus 3%. For those not ready to pay, people can file for an extension, which pushes the deadline out to October 15th, but you still do accumulate 0.5% in penalties (laughs) each month unless you pay an estimated amount by Monday. Some taxpayers will receive automatic extensions this year, such as those affected by the winter storms that hit Texas and other parts of the South in February. Residents of those states have until June 15th to file their taxes, and in case you forgot, you still can accumulate 0.5% in penalties each you month say, unless you pay. If you say 0.5% one more time, I swear to God, Michaela. I didn't write the article. Listen, point is... Get your taxes filed today. If not, there's going to be penalties. You're going to you're going to get charged money. Point five percent. It's not fun. I've been there. Trust me. Yeah. So. Well, I told you everything you needed to know about your taxes, didn't I? You're such an adult right now. You need anything else? No. Want to know about anything listen, else? I just want to walk, walk into an H&R block and see Michaela there explain tax law to us. Would you love it? Would I mean, you love it? I'd be a little worried. <laughs> it's so confusing. Here's the thing about taxes. They know what we owe. If they can tell me after the fact your number's not accurate, then you should just be able to tell me what I owe you or don't owe you. I yeah, love Yeah, but also like what is the point? I know, right? I mean like really like what's the point of taxes? I do I get a lot of ten ninety nine income. 
which is great because I can get a lot of breaks when I go to file my taxes. I can claim a lot of stuff. But on the flip side, I have to plan for it. So I have to plan to pay yeah, taxes. Yeah, I think it's like kind of whack that they charge you 0.5% and it, let it just like you think grow. It's, you think it's kind of whack? Yeah, I think it sucks. Yeah, okay. It's well, pretty stupid. My should... friend just had to start making payments. He owed so much money to the IRS. And he's like, look, I just made a mistake. And so now he's like, gotta pay. And it's like, can you just like wipe it away? Really? What does really? IRS stand for? International. Oh, wow. Stop, stop. Interesting. No. In real social media. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. What does it stand for? Internal revenue. I said international. You couldn't no. just give me a point. Okay. <laughs> you, can give me a, you couldn't give me a 0.5% point. You understand that internal is actually the opposite of international. All right. You really think about it. All right. It. Internal revenue. Society. Service or system? Service. Service. You That's guys right. don't even know. <laughs> it's the Internal Revenue Service. You don't know, Justin. <laughs> With your glasses on. Happy Tax Day, ladies Happy and gentlemen. Happy Tax Day. Well, if that didn't, that didn't build you up. This that will. Didn't, that didn't motivate you to get your taxes done. <laughs> Maybe uh, we could do a little weather to motivate you to go outside. Get a little vitamin D. It's going to be 93 in Indio, you guys. 79 in Sacramento. You're wild. 72 in St. Louis. 73 in Cleveland. And 66 in Chicago. Hit them where it hurts, AJ. I want to hit them with a vibe. (laughs) Marinate on this for a bit. A gentle word. A kind look. A good-natured smile can work wonders and accomplish miracles. I've never had so much fun talking about taxes in my life, so you did just what this vibe says you should do. Thank you. You know what that vibe, though, also... I would think somebody was hitting on me if they were treating me like that. You would. Like a nice okay. smile. Yeah. That's nice. You I would. I think it's just nice. You would. All right. Uh, I don't know a lot about taxes, but I do uh, know that unemployment benefits are causing a shortage of restaurant and retail workers, and we're going to discuss why next. Okay, so a conversation that I see, uh, keep seeing pop up, especially on my Facebook, uh, is uh, different restaurants... Uh, and retailers having a hard time reopening from the pandemic, not because of CDC guidelines or state or local mandates, but because they can't find employees, right? So now the question is, and this is the, this is the conversation I keep seeing happen, are unemployment benefits to blame for these, these, these restaurants and retailers not being able to find employees, right? So the pandemic changed a lot. Those sorts of jobs that people were willing to work before the pandemic, maybe a little bit low-paying, entry-level jobs, Yep. people are now saying, listen, I don't want to deal with a-hole customers on a daily basis yep. who refuse to wear masks, who are going to put my life in jeopardy, um, and I don't I don't want to feel like essentially a frontline worker who's not getting paid like a frontline worker, right? But a lot of people are placing blame on them, saying they're lazy, they don't want to take the good-paying jobs. The problem is these jobs aren't really that good-paying. Yeah. So, what does what do these two industries in particular look like in America moving forward? I don't know. It's tough because I would feel the same way. Listen, the world has gotten so different just in this past year, drastically. And I'll even speak for myself. Like, rules that used to apply, uh, if they don't make sense, people don't follow them. Just because they're like rules... If they don't make sense, people don't have to do that because they're also seeing that you could work from home. Uh, 
on your social media. You can mm-hmm. you can make as much money as you'd like. You can do it on your own time. Um, and, you know, speaking of social media and like people that work at Starbucks, we watched this trend just last week where these influencers are going into Starbucks and they're saying, hey, make the most complicated drink you could ever think of. And, you know, these Starbucks employees are having to now waste their time and it's a lot. Nobody wants to deal with that, especially for 10 bucks. Well, it's interesting you bring up Starbucks because uh, a, a former shift supervisor at Atlanta Starbucks uh, saying, listen, after two years in the position, I felt tired of the job with golden handcuffs because Starbucks, their pay is crap, but they provide great benefits. Right. Health insurance also, which is which is not super common, especially right. those types of jobs. And also, they I know they pay back some amount of student loans and things like that. They help students that were in college, right? But she says, listen, I hated the job. Hated it, but I was so afraid to leave because of those things. Yep. Because of the health insurance aspect of it all. Uh, but then said, it took me a literal day to find a better job. And this is something that I keep seeing happening in my hometown. And this is, and there, I read a really great article this weekend about how Joe Biden sort of um, just debunked the whole myth of the welfare queen, right? Uh, Ronald Reagan, during his time here in California in the 1970s, around 1976, and then as president of the United States in the 80s, sort of created this narrative uh, that uh, the welfare queen is a black woman probably with a bunch of kids, probably uh, lying about welfare, collecting it from many different sources, um, possibly using multiple social security numbers uh, and getting benefits for each of those kids. And those kids all probably have multiple husbands. That was sort of the narrative that was told to a lot of Americans. And the Republican Party has really stood by that for the last 40 years. Uh, And Joe Biden is going out of his way to change the system and to get money back into the lower and middle class and try to even things out a bit because we've had this sort of like idea of like them. They're lazy. They want to take they want to take handouts. And that's sort of what the Democratic Party has been painted as, right? Yeah. They want to take handouts. And people in my hometown are like, people are lazy. They don't want these jobs. Well, maybe this pandemic gave them an opportunity to take to take a seat and to regroup a bit. Yeah. Use the unemployment benefits, which they have every right to use. If Donald Trump can get out of billions of dollars in taxes or whatever, yeah, he they claims, can use their unemployment. Because he's so smart to work the system, you sure as heck better believe that people earning minimum wage can use the system too and take some time off and figure out what they really want to do with their lives yeah. moving forward. And Listen, that might not mean waiting tables or working at a retailer well, where people are just the, being mean to you all day. Being in the service industry is so hard anyway. I mean, we were both in the service industry. People are rude. They're disrespectful. They're terrible. If you're not getting paid what you want, then you have to fight with people to wear their masks. Like, it's, it's just not worth it. And uh, whether employers like it or not, people are going to st- start standing up for themselves. No one's really, I, I think we learned in the pandemic, everyone's pretty done. Yeah, and, and also the answer can't be, this is the way things have always been done. Yeah, because it's not. Guess what? People have other options now. Yeah. You know, uh, or just or In-N-Out Burger out here in California. It's a really oh, good yeah. example. They pay really well. They pay a good living wage to people. They do. You know, Starbucks, nine bucks an hour to start off is not a good living wage. No. Like, you can't live off of that. I don't care how good the health insurance benefits are. You're trapping employees. And when you're when when the average person starting off at Starbucks makes less than the average ticket price of an order there, you know, I go to Starbucks, I spend 15 bucks every time I Hello. go there. At least. That's right. right. You can't pay your employees yeah, a little they bit make more. So much money. I mean, come on. Of course. In and Out Burger starts their salaries at seventeen to nineteen dollars yeah, an hour. That's so great. That's amazing, actually. Yes. That's and really good. And also another point, because my cause people back home always say, "Well, these small businesses will go out of business if you can't afford to pay your employees 
a living wage, you don't deserve the right to be in business then. Rework your numbers. Come yeah, up with that's a better, like other Come up with a better fault. business model. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, coming up, this is big news. New York, New York City Pride just made a major announcement uh, that could have a ripple effect across the country, and we're discussing as they've announced they're banning police until 2025. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something good. A little pooch was just reunited with its owners recently in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, this reminds me of the story we did a couple of months ago. Uh, the dog nappers for Lady Gaga's dogs didn't know they were taking her dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up shooting someone. That person survived, uh, you know, luckily. Uh, and the dogs were returned to her after a half a million dollar reward, I believe. Yeah. Well, this this dog was returned because of a sleuth who also happened to be a reporter. This is really cool. I like the story. So her name is Juliana Maza. Uh, she reports for 7 News in Boston. She was about to go live on the air, uh, and her investigative instincts took over. She saw a man walking a dog. This man matched the description, and so did the dog of a man and the dog who had been involved in a, a dog napping at this very parking lot no. just days prior. So she's, she goes up to the guy and she says, uh, hey, well, I'll let her tell the story. The first thing I did was I asked if I could pet the dog because I wanted to get down to the name tab to be able to confirm that the name matched the name of the missing dog. How okay, that's smart. so smart. And I would love that. I would love if, you know, when you lose your dog, it's devastating. So for somebody to go out of their way to uh, find out if that's the dog that uh, I feel like we missing. Should, I feel like we should put some respect on this dog, too. Yeah. His name is Titus, by the way. Okay, Titus, he's I'm a, sorry. He's a German <laughs> short-haired pointer, uh, but just stolen the week before. In that parking lot, the Crazy. audacity of this to go back. dog napper to go back with the dog, and the dog was stolen out of its own car. Shady. Its owner's car. Shady! Don't leave your dog in a car, by the way. Of but course. he has since been reunited with his family because uh, of this Juliana Maza, this reporter it. who was about to go on air and thought, nope, I'm going to save that dog first. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, this story is amazing. Uh, Jaden Smith, who goes by the pronouns they, them, which I did not know, so I'm happy that this article made that very clear. Back in 2019, uh, for their 21st birthday, had launched I Love You, which was a food truck initiative that was offering healthy vegan food for free to those who needed it most in L.A.'s area of Skid Row. So now uh, they're going to have an actual restaurant open uh, that will still go by the name I Love You, but the whole way that they're going to do it is for the homeless people that cannot afford it, they will be able to eat there for free. And the people that can't afford it, uh, Jaden is asking that they pay just a little bit more to ensure that... uh, the homeless people are able to eat. If you have an extra uh, couple of dollars, just go ahead and throw it when you pay for your own meal because that will pay for pay your brother's or sister's meal. I love yeah. it. Is that great? That is really cool. He also started, and I, I'm sorry, they also started, and I didn't know this, the water box uh, a few years ago. I'm sorry, just last October. It's a filtration system that helps provide clean water to areas without the essential resource uh, developed in response to the Flint water crisis. So, so cool. he's doing a lot of great work. I'm sorry, they are. Yeah. They. They. Listen, they. We're all them. work in progress. You we know got that. it. Uh, how about this? So, how many times have you ever have you ever gone on Google Maps and like looked up your childhood home? Yeah, all the or, time. Yeah, or, so, or something from your past, right? That's something we all like to do. I've done it. Uh, well, Tawanda Kenhima is a Zimbabwe native who tried to do that. He's up to dinner with some friends and said, "I'm, I'm going to show you where I grew up." And he goes to look up his his hometown, his mother's house, and quickly realizes that. His hometown is not available on Google Maps Street View. 
Oh, wow. Much of Zimbabwe is the same case, right? So he starts looking at it. This guy happens to be a photographer and a videographer, which is pretty cool, right? It's one of the synergistic moments. Mm -hmm. So he decides to reach out to Google, and they apparently have a team at Google who will loan you video equipment uh, if you want to document a region that has not been documented yet for the sake of Google Maps. So he not only went and documented his hometown with this camera, he went to 14 other regions throughout Africa uh, that he knew were not being represented based on his research. That's and now so great. Google Maps, uh, people in all 14 of those regions can see their hometowns. They can see their local businesses, their their, their parents' house they grew up in, all because of this one person. So cool. Pretty awesome. Well, that's a great way to end the show here on this fine Monday. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you to Nina West, who we just adore. Congratulations on her big gig. We have a great show for you tomorrow. We're having a very important conversation after a safe house at a university in Pennsylvania was threatened by a mob of straight men over over the weekend, the school's mm. response was lackluster, and we're going to talk in depth. So, as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, and we'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.